Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that into the search engine. You'll find it. Follow like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, all you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy. Follow like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as all things up to date with pigskin frenzy. And now Instagram, all you got to do is type in at pigskin frenzy. You'll find it. Follow the page there. You'll get episode updates. You'll, you know, there's trivia questions on Piskin Frenzy stories. Keep up to date with those and answer those. Also, we have a bio about me on there as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Okay, by the way, this is not for audio. If you're listening on audio, you know, again, shout out to you guys. But if you're listening on, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, did y'all like that new intro video? I mean, I thought that was really, really creative. Really good intro video there. Uh, You know, we're going to be using that now. Shout out to my social media team for making that happen. Uh, if you if you're on audio but you got YouTube, go and watch the new intro video on YouTube on this episode here. Amazing stuff! Shout out to my social media team for making that happen. We're doing some big things here for Pigskin Frenzy, and I'm excited about the future of this this podcast and the show. So, uh, big shout out there. Okay, college football day today. We're going to be talking about you know. Are concluding our final, you know, takeaways from media days across college football. We're going to conclude it with the Big Ten. We're going to conclude it with the ACC. I got two teams from the ACC, three teams for the Big Ten. We're going to, you know, move along with this one pretty fairly quick and talk about that because we have some big news that happened last Friday going into the weekend, uh, and it and it involves the Pac-12. Right, the Pac-12. You already got. You guys probably already know about it in college football land. Uh, I've tweeted about it. You probably already seen my tweets. But we're going to discuss it here in just a little bit. So don't do not go anywhere. Do not tune out. Subscribe to YouTube. Follow, share around with others on Podbean and Spotify. Leave comments down below. Uh, and, and, and ask questions, by the way. Follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and ask questions. Give me questions. I'm thinking about in a couple of weeks before the season starts doing a Q&A episode for college football. And I'm thinking about doing a Q&A for the NFL in the future. But for college football, I'm, at, you know, I'm thinking about doing a Q&A for that episode. So just you know, ask questions and keep plugging in to all things pigskin frenzy okay before we go to news regarding you know the update on the pac-12 and the future of the pac-12 let's just talk about you know some some takeaways from media days right so before we go to the acc we'll go to the acc in a minute let's just kick it off with the big 10 right there's three teams that i'm going to go with and we're going to kick it off with wisconsin uh i I'm I'm kind of high on Wisconsin. I have them winning the Big Ten West. If you know, there's this is the final year divisions for mostly every conference, right? Before all the moves are being made and everything. So the final 
you know, final, you know, year for divisions for the Big Ten and the SEC. So Big Ten as the West and the East. I have Michigan winning the East. I have Wisconsin winning the West. I'm high on I am very high on Wisconsin. So let me just provide some of my takeaways from Wisconsin. So cornerback Tanner Mordecai, uh, who begins his sixth training camp, is ready for his last run up with Wisconsin. Now he's he transferred from SMU. Before that, he began his career at Oklahoma. Uh, he's a solid quarterback coming out of high school. And he's, he is a solid quarterback. Unfortunately, quarterbacks ahead of them, you know, got the nod over him. And he was just, you know, thinking, okay, where can I begin and end my career, my college career, right? My collegiate career. Uh, he found, he found, he finally, excuse me, finally found a home in Wisconsin. So he's ready and he's ready to take the moment and he's not ready to waste his moment. And he's, he's now the potential starting quarterback. He was a backup for Graham Mertz. Um, now Graham Mertz is at Florida down with Billy Napier for, you know, and down in SEC land. But now Tanner Mordecai is ready to take the reins as a starting quarterback and live up to his potential. So that's the, that's a key takeaway that I got from Wisconsin. Uh, another one was Luke Fickle's excited for his first full season at Wisconsin. He started his, he started his run technically, in the bowl game, he, he coached the bowl game. His first game as head coach was at the bowl game. He realized there was some, you know, some needed some work needed to be done, and he's ready to take on that task. He's ready to take on his first full season at Wisconsin. Uh, and even if, it's, even if it's his first full season, I fully believe that Luke Fickle is the man to get them to Indianapolis this December. So uh, my last takeaway from Wisconsin I have was uh, they need game changers on defense, and, and, and they talked about that, and that was a key, a good takeaway that I got from it as well. Uh, defensive coordinator Mike Tressel uh, has slotted safety Hunter Wohler and defensive end Rodas Johnson as potential game changers for that defense. Um, they replaced some, 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 <laughs> some key talent on defense. I'm talking, so I'm, I'm Sorry, I'm getting my words mixed up here, so bear with me. But some key talent on defense, uh, safety Hunter Wohler and Rodas and Rodas Johnson, defensive end there, and uh, those are those look like some good talent to be game changers on that defense. It will be interesting to see what Wisconsin has in store on the defensive side of things uh, this season. So those are my key takeaways from Wisconsin, and my overall takeaway from Wisconsin is this. Uh, just stay aggressive if I'm Wisconsin. I'm staying aggressive uh, on the recruiting trail. I'm staying aggressive, you know, is in general because the Big Ten, especially next year, is only going to get tougher. Uh, a bunch more teams are entering. There's no more divisions. If I'm Luke Fickle in Wisconsin, I'm staying on top of things. I'm staying aggressive, and I'm getting the best out of the best to come to Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm staying aggressive if I'm Wisconsin. That's my key takeaway from them. Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, I, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued on Nebraska. I have them finishing fourth. If you want to go back and listen to my conference standing projections, uh, I have, I have Nebraska at fourth and I think Nebraska is going to be much improved. I think they're going to be a team that you're going to have to play, but I think they're a team that is still on the rebuilding end. And, and this is what Matt Rule is saying, head coach, new head coach from Nebraska, former head coach from Baylor, Temple, and the Carolina Panthers. So Matt Rule, this is my first takeaway that I got from them. Matt Rule says his first year is about earning respect. And it is about earning respect. It's about going in there, knowing that you're a program that is, you know, gone down the, you know, gone down the drain for a little bit. You're down low. Uh, there's one, there's only one way to go, and that's up. You're already down low. If you're a Nebraska fan, if you're a Cornhusker, 
you're, there's only one way to go, and that's up. And that's what Nebraska, and that's what Matt Rule is preaching here in in Nebraska, right? Only one way to go, and that's from up, right? So uh, it's all about earning respect in some big games, including a big time game in Week Five against Michigan. So watch out for that one. If I'm a Cornhusker fan, I'm marking my calendar down for that one. Second takeaway, Georgia Tech quarterback transfer Jeff Sims is growing and maturing as a player ever since transferring to Nebraska. Solid solid quarterback and solid pickup for Nebraska. Uh, since Casey, since the departure of Casey Thompson, they needed a quarterback to fill that role, and they needed a, a solid one at that. What better way to do it than former Georgia Tech quarterback Jeff Sims? Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech was a solid player. He was. He, he, he was a lights-out player. For Georgia Tech, he ran the triple option well. He ran that offense, and he was molded for that offense. Now, he's growing and maturing as a player, and we're going to have to see what he does under Matt Rule's offense this season. It's going to be interesting uh, to see what Jeff Sims does. I think he, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the Big Ten. So I would kind of probably keep an eye out for Jeff Sims at Nebraska. Last key takeaway, uh, this has something to do with the first takeaway that I mentioned, but Matt Rule wants Nebraska to be feared again. He wants Nebraska, he wants them to see, and this is his words, not mine, quote, the white helmet with the red N on top to mean something. He wants opponents to look at that helmet and be like, oh, we're playing Nebraska this week. He wants to get back to being that. He wants, you know, young athletes to come in and say, you know what? I went to Nebraska at a time where we were one of the best teams in college football. And that's what he wants to bring Nebraska back to. Um, my overall takeaway from Nebraska is that he wants this. Whole, he wants the whole team to be looked at as something, you know, amongst the best again. He wants Nebraska to be looked at as, you know, feared, respected, and you're gonna have to come to play him. And that's what he wants Nebraska to be again. And he wants to be Nebraska. He wants Nebraska, he wants Nebraska to be, you know the 80s and 90s strong physical tough team how they were back in the in, in that era right he wants to bring that back and 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 i you know i fully applaud matt rule for going up there to make an effort to try to bring them back to where they once were and that's pretty good right that's that, that's something that you would want to see Deion, uh, coach prime deon sanders is doing that with colorado right now matt rule's trying to do that with nebraska so watch out for nebraska uh you're going to have to come to play them but you know, it's still a rebuilding year and a rebuilding time for Nebraska. So, last team for the Big Ten, Maryland. And I had Maryland finishing at close to the bottom uh, you know, in my conference projection standings. But after looking at their roster, I may change my tune. If you want to go back and listen and watch my episode on conference projection standings of the Big Ten, that was one of my first, that was actually my first conference projection standings uh, episode was with the Big Ten. So go back in June and May, in late May and June, and watch that episode and listen to that episode and uh, listen to what I have to say, right? So Maryland. I had Maryland finishing that close to the bottom. I, like I said, I may change my tune after that. While they do lose C.J. Dupree to Alabama, huge star set to pick up for Alabama there. He's one of the best tight end, one of the best and most underrated tight ends in college football. Maryland still has got some talent. They do. Uh Mike Loxley, and this is a, this is my first takeaway from here. Quote, right? This is a quote. I have three takeaways. This is a quote from Mike from Mike Loxley himself, the head coach at Maryland and former Alabama offensive coordinator, which is interesting. So that I just mentioned Alabama. So 
He says, our program is at a point where we can finally say we're here to compete for Big Ten championships. That's confidence right there. And we haven't heard that much confidence from Maryland in quite some time. So that means something a little bit. Maryland is at the point where we're going to compete, and we're going to compete at the highest level against Michigan, against Penn State, against Wisconsin, against Ohio State. You know, they're they're ready to compete, and they're ready to show out. Maryland is, is, at a, is at a point where we're confident and we're ready to take on all comers. That is a huge takeaway that I got from Mike Loxley. Second big takeaway I got was this. The younger brother of Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa and former Alabama quarterback Talia Tungavailoa, he turned down, and this is according to Mike Loxley, he turned down a huge NIL deal to, and to transfer to an SEC school for a chance to win at Maryland. Huge, huge there. Talia Tungavailoa is one of the one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the game. Uh one of the most underrated quarterbacks, uh quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Um he put up some good numbers and showed a lot of promise in that Ohio State game last season. Uh, it was huge. Big game there. And Talia was solid, right? And he's gonna be solid this season. I think Talia Tungavailoa is, you know, very confident, and he has a big chip on his shoulder this season to say, hey, I'm not just the younger brother of Tua. I'm Talia Tungavailoa, and I'm coming, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm my own quarterback. I'm my own guy. I'm going to come, you know, make a statement here this season, you know, entering his final season in Maryland. So Talia Tungavailoa, uh, you know, trying to have a chance to win at Maryland there. My last takeaway that I got is this. Confidence is at a very high, and that's what I was going along with at the first you know, takeaway from Maryland. Uh, and they got talent, man. Uh, if you want to mention confidence, they got talent. They have every right to be. They got quarter uh, on offense. Like I said, quarterback Talia Tungavailoa is back. They got defensive back. On the defensive side of things, you got defensive back Tareeb Still. Tareeb Still, one of the most underrated defensive backs in the Big Ten. So you, it's one of those, it's one of those things where you look at the talent. You, you think, okay, they're going to finish dead bottom, but then you, you, you look at the talent and you look at the roster. You're like, you know what? They got a roster. They do. They got some talent on that team. So watch out for Maryland. Maryland may be one of those teams that are very underrated, and you look at it and you're like, okay. You know, watch out for them. So uh, my big takeaway from Maryland is this. Uh, goes along with my last takeaway that I got from the media days. Um, confidence is at an all-time high. It is. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win some games that you didn't expect them to win. So that's my takeaway from media days. And just watch out for Maryland. That is a very, very interesting thing right there. Uh, you know, how confident they are heading into the season. And, and we haven't seen a confident Maryland Turpins team in a long time. So watch out for Maryland there. That concludes everything with the Big Ten. Let's conclude our media days coverage and from college football for the ACC. Two teams that I wanted to mention. And I got a couple of, you know, a couple of takeaways from this team. Number one, North Carolina. So let's talk about North Carolina. Uh, first takeaway, quarterback Drake May is picked to win his second straight ACC Player of the Year award. Well, who else, right? Who else would be the favorite? I mean, yes, you got some some solid players. You got quarterback Jordan Travis, Florida State. You got quarterback Kay Klubnick from Clemson. You also have uh, Riley. You got Riley Bennett from Duke, right? Uh, good, solid quarterback there. You also have... You also have 
Trey Benson from running back from uh, Florida State. He is one of the best backs in the game of college football and in the ACC. So uh, Trey Benson, you got him. Uh, you have a lot, but Drake May is got the, he just presents that star power in college football, and he's a solid, solid player for North Carolina, right? So let's just, you know, let's watch out for Drake May. Obviously, he's one of the best in college football, and, you know, North Carolina's confident because they got him leading the helm of that offense. Mac Brown and Drake May, this is my second and final takeaway for North Carolina. They are using head coach Mac Brown and quarterback Drake May are using 2022's ending as motivation for the start of the 2023 season. They're ready to unleash that, you know, not so, you know, not so fortunate ending uh, in 2022. And they're ready to push that as motivation to face South Carolina and open up with them in a few weeks. By the way, College football is in three weeks, guys. Be excited, all right? So in three weeks, they're taking on South Carolina in Charlotte uh, in, in uh, Bank of America Stadium. So it's going to be an interesting game there. Uh, they're using that as motivation and pushing that as the st for the start of 2023 to turn into a high note, right? So my thing is this. I, I picked North Carolina to finish third in the ACC Conference projected standing. So watch out for North Carolina. My overall takeaway is this. I think North Carolina's got a solid team. I think they have a potential to raise the bar and be a team to be a threat and win some games that you're like, okay, I didn't expect them to win that game. Or they're going to, you know, I didn't expect them to win, you know, you know, against a team that, you know, that, that was supposed to beat them, right? Um, I still have them third. I don't change my tune on that. But... I do believe that they're going to play a lot of teams close, including a Florida State and, uh, and a Clemson. So uh, if they make it to that point, I think I think they will play teams close, and I think they will play South Carolina close in a couple of weeks. So watch out for North Carolina. That's my big takeaway. Uh, do not tread lightly on Drake May and North Carolina. That is my overall takeaway from them. Concluding with my takeaway here is Miami. Number one takeaway on Miami, uh, Mario Cristobal, head coach for Miami, uh, and all of his alma mater, coaching his alma mater, says there is nothing going to stop Miami's resurgence. So he's very confident that the that the U, if you see me on YouTube doing the U symbol, <laughs> U symbol in my hands, uh, is coming back, right? Uh, and it's a U thing. We don't understand, so uh, we just don't we don't get it. Um, my, there's nothing going to stop the resurgence of Miami. Number two, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke is going into 2023 as a much more mature player. I was very high on Tyler Van Dyke, and then I was a little, a little disappointed in in some of uh, you know, some of the games last season. Uh, I was disappointed in a and the A and M game. I thought he would have had a better game, but it turns out that he didn't have the overall best game, like we like we know. Like we said, we were going to have there, but you know, some games were disappointing than others. But it's okay. I, see, I I've been hearing some. I've been hearing and you know, seeing some you know improvements. You know, from Tyler Van Dyke and good on him. You know, I'm good with that, right? I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see Tyler Van Dyke improve, and that's what I've been wanting for it. I, that's why I'm saying I'm good with it. I'm good with that improvement. I'm glad he's improving. I'm hoping to see a much more mature Tyler Van Dyke for, for Miami this season. And I'm hoping, hoping to, you know, 
see some Miami notch some wins that we don't expect, right? So let's watch out for Miami this season. Uh, they got Texas A&M. They have to play Clemson, so watch out for that one. And they got to play North Carolina as well. So three games. Oh, and Florida State. So they got some. They got some games. Some so four games right there. They got to play. And let's watch out for. Let's see what Tyler Van Dyke does. Very underrated quarterback. Let's see how he's matured in the season. Last takeaway that I got from Miami and from Mario Cristobal, he believes that 2022 was necessary in order to rebuild and then move forward. Good takeaway there, and I applaud him for saying that. Because, I mean, it's it's a rebuild, right? You're not going to, listen, not everyone's going to be a Brian Kelly, and not everyone's going to be a Josh Heupel, Right? Do it, do it, get, you know, leading to them to a, a solid season in the Music City Bowl, right? Or winning the West and going to get up against Georgia and going to the Citrus Bowl, right? Not everyone is going to have a ten-win season right off the gate. They're it's going to take time, but with the talent that Mario Cristobal is bringing in, second year, I expect a jump. All right, I expect a nine-win season for Miami. I do. I'm I'm high on Miami this season. I think you want to go over and under. I'm gonna take uh, the under is what I'm seeing is seven games. I'm gonna take the over on that. I'm taking the over. I think the uh, over and under there. I think I'll, I'll say I'll say eight and a half, nine games for Miami. I expect them to be, you know, you know. You know, much more improved with the talent that they're recruiting and bringing in. The U will be back eventually, and I think they're going to be a team too. You know, you're going to have to kind of play against. So, uh, with that being said, I just concluded my big takeaway from Miami. That was it. I mean, uh, my big takeaway from Miami is this. You know, over under. I'm taking the over eight and a half nine win season for them, and they're going to be much more improved on their way to a to a. Pretty solid bowl game. So uh, Miami's going to be much improved. Watch out for them. You're going to have to play them. So uh, those were my takeaways uh, for the past few weeks. Those are my takeaways from all these teams from across media days and college football. I'm excited. I'm glad that we concluded our takeaways from media days and our coverage of media days. And I am ready for, you know, everybody. everybody's back in fall camp and training camp for college football. So I am ready. Three weeks away. We're three weeks out from the season. Can't wait. And I am excited because it is like Christmas when it comes to sporting events. So uh, that was our takeaways there. And we that is that concludes our takeaways and coverage from Media Day. So uh, let's move on and move on to our you know final thing. And we're going to talk about it now. The Pac-12 and the future of the Pac-12. Oh boy. <laughs> if y'all have not been keeping up with this, let me just give you a rundown. So the future of the Pac-12 is very, very bleak and dim. What do I mean by that? Let's discuss what I mean by that. So let's start off with what I talked about last week of the Pac-12. We needed a media deal, right? The media deal's big. They presented it. Apple TV didn't go through. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Colorado is now leaving. That was announced. I said that last week. Colorado is leaving with with Coach Prime, leaving for the Big 12 in 2024. Arizona scheduled a Regents meeting, a Board of Regents meeting last week. They discussed more. They had more meetings. Now, other teams were rumored and swirling. 
back a few episodes, uh, back in the in the spring, I said that uh, Oregon and Washington and Arizona and Arizona State and potentially Utah were pillars, those pillars of the Pac-12, along with SC and UCLA. You know, they're, they're gone next season. But along with them, that they were looking for a, a potential move. Big Ten could look to add them, the Big Ten. The Big 12 could look to add a Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. Let's discuss this now. According to college football insider from Action Network, Brett McMurphy, ESPN's Pete Thamel, they all said, you know, and they all brought it out, big moves are being made, especially on Friday. This past Friday, big moves were made. I I saw it. I announced it on Twitter, and y'all probably already heard it. But Oregon and Washington will join the Big Ten in 2024. They are leaving the Pac-12. On the flip side, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State will leave the Pac-12 and will join the Big 12 in 2024. Big, big pickups there. Big leaves there. So now they were left with nine after Colorado left. Now the Pac-12 is left with four teams. You can hear a pin drop probably after I pause there. Four teams. The four teams remaining are Stanford, California, or Cal, whatever you prefer, Washington State, and Oregon State. Um, And now there's some headlines coming out from yesterday on Monday. It's Tuesday now, but yesterday, Monday, that the ACC, the Atlantic Coastal Conference, is looking to, into adding Stanford and California, which is weird because it's a... It's the Atlantic Coastal Conference, which it is a coast. Those are some coastal teams, but it's for the Pacific, which is weird. You're going to the Atlantic. That's 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 different. So, but it's a conference conference play. So Stanford and California. Uh wow. Uh, more reports. Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports uh, reports options are limited, but the one big option is a merger with a Group of Five conference, the Mountain West. So you. So, and that that's a big option there. So, let me just discuss this before we conclude today's episode uh, with conference realignment. We kind of already had a feeling Oregon and Washington were looking at a, at a potential move. Uh, it was just a matter of time. Uh, it really got a hold when the media deal thing happened. It's about TV. Ladies and gentlemen, college football, we're in a time where college football is about media deals and TV deals. SEC has one with ABC. And ESPN. Um, the Big Ten has one with, there's a Peacock deal there. There's a CBS deal there also, along with a couple of games on Fox. Big 12, same thing. They got an ABC, they got, they got, a, they got an ABC, a slight ABC deal along with a deal with Fox. What does the Pac-12 have? Uh, the ACC, prime example. ACC has the CW deal that the Pac-12 was going to explore, but they never met. They never met. If you can hear my claps, they never met, guys. Um, now they don't have anything. They tried to do have a quick a quick meeting with Apple TV because they knew that teams were about to jump ship. The Apple deal fell through. The cl- I'm checking my watch. If you see me on YouTube, I have my watch on. The clock was ticking. The clock is it's running out, and it's and it's potentially I hate to say it already ran out. Utah, the pillar and back-to-back Pac-12 champions, 
is going to the Big 12 in 2024. Arizona is going to the Big 12 in 2024. Arizona State going to the Big 12 in 2024. Those teams have not really been on the winning on the winning end in 20 in the in the, the Pac-12, but they're leaving for the Big 12 against teams like Kansas State, TCU, Colorado, um, uh, UCF, Cincinnati. They're playing teams like that now. So along with Utah, Oregon and Washington are going to join the Big Ten in 2024 along with UCLA and USC. Four big teams in recruiting and big-time programs are leaving. And they will get shares in the Big Ten media package. Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA will starting in 2024. Big news there. They're down to four teams. If Stanford and Cal leave for the ACC, they'll be down to two teams, Oregon State and Washington State. And the only thing you got to do is merge with the Mountain West. If you don't come to a conclusion and a deal with the Mountain West, I hate to say it, folks, but the Pac-12, and that's that's the better, that's, you, you heard that noise, throat slash, because that's that's that is it. It's, it's it. It's over. I mean, this could be potentially the final season of the Pac-12, and we're entering it. I mean, everybody will play in the Pac-12 this year. Colorado will, Oregon will, everybody will. But this could be it, right? This could be the final year of the Pac-12 as we know it, unless they merge with the Mountain West. So uh, everybody's left, and, it, and, it's, and it's, uh, the big thing is all about media deals. You know, you lost nine teams. I'm sorry, nine teams. You lost five teams. You lost five teams. You had nine teams Friday morning. And then Saturday at midnight, you had four left. Five teams left throughout the course of the day within within next season. They're all going and they're all joining in 2024. Huge, huge conference. 18 teams in big in the Big Ten, guys. 18, that's a lot. You're talking about Oregon and Washington joining the conference with USC, UCLA, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. Big pickup there. You're talking about Utah, who could potentially win the Big 12. Utah, because Utah's got a, Utah's got a solid team with Kyle Whittingham. You got Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State joining the likes of Kansas State. Kansas. TCU. Colorado's also joining those likes. BYU, Washington. I'm sorry, sorry, Washington. BYU, uh, you name it. Cincinnati, UCF. You got some teams there. So, and in Washington, like I said, Washington, I mentioned Washington, they're joining the Big Ten. But, man, nine teams. But you end at midnight with four. It's all about TV deals. It's all about media deals. That's why conference realignment's happening, and that's why NIL and Transfer Portal and everything with conference moves has taken over college football as we know it. It's sad, but it's the way it's, it's the way of the of the land in football now. It's all about exposure. It's all about exposure. And and before I conclude today, the game has become about the dollar, and it shouldn't be. The game should become about the game. It needs to be about tradition. It needs to be about rivalries, pageantries, you name it. Do you realize? And, I, and I'm not trying to go on a rant here, but do you realize that rivalries 
have been taken away from us this past Friday. I mean, look at it. Oregon, in Oregon State, in the Civil War, gone. Washington, Washington State, in the Apple Cup, gone. Sure, USC and UCLA are going to the same conference. They get to play each other. You know? But, I mean, you you, all, you got some rivalries that have been taken away. Uh, prime example, we'll dive, before we go, we'll dive deep into the SEC. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas is still there. But what about o- OSU and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma? Oklahoma State's in the Big 12. Oklahoma's joining the SEC. That rivalry in Bedlam, battle in Bedlam, gone. You're taking rivalries and traditions away. Because it's all about the money and the TV deal that you get. The exposure that you get in the game of college football. That's what it's turned into. Um, there's Listen, I agree with it, but I don't. I agree that you need to have exposure. But I don't think the game of football doesn't need to be about everything revolve around TV deal and money. I know it is now, but I'm saying I don't think it needs to be involved around everything like that. I think we need to have a balance of tradition, pageantry, and kind of leave a little bit of semi-pro out of it because college football is now turned into semi-pro football. That's just the way it is, right? That's just the way it is. Uh, The conference realignment uh, is sad. A hundred-year conference is on the brink of collapse, is on the brink of going under and we're about to have a Power Four conference. There's been rumors of Florida State swirling around the ACC. That's all a big thing because of the grant of rights agreement within ACC. Um, they're looking into that currently and to see what they can do to, to try to, you know, through a, through a loophole to get out of that grant of rights. ACC, not so simple. So if you want to ask me about that, we can do a Q&A on that one. It's not so simple, but... What I will tell you is this. The Pac-12 is in dismay because of TV deals and because of exposures for all teams who are looking to leave. So um, big news coming out Friday. Big, you know, big-time moves, too. I mean, Oregon and Washington going to the Big Big Ten. Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State going to the Big 12 with Colorado to the Big 12. And, you know, Oregon and Washington following USC and UCLA in 2024. So it's huge. It's big-time. Big-time moves. And we are in the we're in the in the day of land of college football where it's all about exposure and TV and media packages. So that's all I really have for today. Um, let me know what you guys think about it. Answer my question. I mean, uh, I'll answer your questions. Ask questions on social media and uh, comment and like on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Spotify and Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on those as well. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy into the search engine. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in at Pigskin Frenzy. Follow the page there. You'll get episode updates and all everything up to date with all things Pigskin Frenzy. And Instagram, at Pigskin Frenzy. All, all lowercase. All you got to do is you know, 
type it in, search uh, in the search engine, follow up the page there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get trivia questions to answer, and you'll get all things up to date with Pigskin Frenzy. Again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your day to you know sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, uh, Thursday, we're going to continue with some NFL coverage. We're going to you know dive deep into you know some updates on everything going on around training camp. And we'll get, you know, we'll get some updates, you know, and, you know, talk about the result of the Hall of Fame game and the start of preseason football for the NFL. Football is in three weeks, four weeks for the NFL, three weeks for, you know, college football. I'm excited. Uh, Tune in Thursday. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you Thursday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. And for everybody out there, stay the course.